Amen. All right. Well, we're there in Psalm 90, and I'd like you to look down at, <clears throat> we'll just look at verse number one, Psalm 90, verse one. I want you to notice this is a psalm written, usually when we go to Psalms, we think of David. This psalm, uh, we're told, was written by Moses. If you look at verse number one there in Psalm 90, the Bible says, a prayer of Moses, the man of God, Lord, thou has been our dwelling place in all generations. Notice what he says in, in verse two. He he begins to, Moses begins this psalm here by uh, talking about time and, and begins by talking about God's correlation with time. Notice in verse 2 he says, Before the mountains were brought forth, or ever thou hadst formed the earth and the world. He's talking about before creation, before you created the world, before you created the universe. He says, From everlasting to everlasting thou art God. See, the idea there that Moses is giving is that God is outside of time. God does not dwell within time. God has always existed. God will always exist. There is no beginning or end to him. He just always has been. And I know that's hard for us to understand as humans to get the concept of this idea that God has always been. But the Bible says here, from everlasting to everlasting. I, I like that phrase because usually when we think of everlasting life, we think of salvation. We think of the fact that one day we received everlasting life. The Bible says, he that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. And we'll often teach people, when you believe on Jesus Christ, at that moment God gave you everlasting life, and that life will never end. But here's the difference between us and God, is that our life began at one point, and when we received Christ, we'll have everlasting life. But God is from everlasting to everlasting. We, are, we have a beginning, and if we're saved, we'll have no end. God has no end that way, but he also has no end that way. He was never created. He was never born. He was never formed. From everlasting to everlasting, thou art God. Now turn his man to destruction and say his return, ye children of men. Look at verse 4. For a thousand years. Because he's talking about this idea of God and time. This idea of how God correlates to time. He says, for a thousand years in thy sight are but as yesterday when it is past, and as a watch in the night. See, you and I will say, uh, oftentimes when we remember something very clearly, or we remember something very vividly, we'll say, oh, I remember that like it was yesterday. Now, here's the thing. You may remember yesterday like it was yesterday. Some of you don't remember yesterday, and that's okay. But you may remember yesterday like it was yesterday, or you may remember last year like it was yesterday. But generally, you know, we wouldn't say, oh, man, when I was four years old, you know, I just remember that like that was yesterday. The further away we get from yesterday, the harder it is to remember it. But because God is outside of time, the Bible says of him, it says a thousand years in thy sight are but as yesterday. He says a thousand years, it's like the other day. Notice what it says, when it is past and as a watch in the night. That phrase, watch in the night, in those days. And even today, you will have like the military, when they're securing a location, they'll put uh, guards on a watch. They would divide the night into maybe four different watches. And you had one person that took the first watch and one person that took the second watch, and one person that third, uh, took a third watch, and they would, uh, so, so not one individual was uh, expected to stay up all night long, but they had one person. Here the Bible says that a thousand years to God are like one watch, like one, uh, like, like if you cut up the day. And this idea is that God 
is outside of time. Now, keep your place there in Psalm 90. That's going to be our text for this morning. But go with me just real quickly to the book of 2 Peter, 2 Peter chapter number 3. Now, if you start at the end of your Bible in the book of Revelation and you move backwards, you're going to go past the book of Jude. It's one chapter. Then you're going to go past these small books, 3rd, 2nd, and 1st John, and then you'll find yourself in 2 Peter. So if you start at Revelation and move backwards, Jude, 3rd, 2nd, and 1st John, and then 2 Peter. Now, when you get to 2 Peter, do me a favor. Put a ribbon or a bookmark or a bulletin or something there because we're going to leave it and we're going to come back to that area. Second Peter uh, chapter number three. Let me say this. Our culture, in our culture, we are very mindful of time. In fact, one of the most common questions that we ask in regards to time is this. What time is it? We will often ask, what time is it? We are very mindful. We are very, you know, caught up in the idea of time. That's why we have calendars. That's why we have watches. That's why, you know, some of you several times during my preaching will take out your cell phone or look at your watch and you'll, uh, you'll answer this question to yourself. What time is it? How long is he going to go? When is this going to end, right? This is a common question that we ask. And especially, now, now this is something that we ask all the time. All of life, you know, every day we're cognizant of what day is it, what month is it, what time is it. But especially, especially during this time of New Year's. Today is the very first day of a brand new year, 2017. And as we end a, the last year and we begin a new year, we're very cognizant. We're very, uh, we ponder a lot this idea of time. Maybe you've taken some time to reflect over the last year. Maybe you've taken some time to look at what's happened in the last year and, and to consider what can be in the next year and what you need to get done and what needs to be accomplished. So we're always thinking of time, but especially during the new year. That's why I thought it was very fitting that we begin a brand new series on the subject of time management or redeeming the time on the first day of, the fir uh, of a new year because we are very cognizant of this question and we're very interested in this idea of what time is it, especially during this time of year. Are you there in 2 Peter chapter 3? Look at verse number 8. Notice what the Bible says, 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 8, but beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing. That one day is with the Lord as a thousand years and a thousand years as one day. Now, I want you to notice what it doesn't say. It doesn't say that one day is a thousand years. Today, you'll have people preach these ideas, you know, one day is a thousand years to the Lord. That's not what it's saying, but here's what it's saying. One day is with the Lord as a thousand years. And the idea is this. God is outside of time. If you ask, you know, if you ask, and we would never ask God to do anything, obviously, but if you ask God, God, I need you to wait one day, or if you ask God, God, I need you to wait a thousand years, God would say, doesn't make a difference to me. It's basically the same thing. I live outside of time. I'm not, you know, bound by time. I don't have, I'm not on a time crunch. Here's the question that God never asks. What time is it? God never asks, what, what, what time is it? Am I late for church? Am I late for work? Why did my alarm not go off? What, what day is it? Sometimes, you know, uh, sometimes I, I get so busy, you know, especially while we were working on this building. There were several days where I, I just wake up in the morning and I think to myself, what day is it? You know, am I supposed to be preaching this morning? You know, it's like, oh, it's like, it's Tuesday. I'm like, okay, good. I've got several days before I got to preach again or something. You know, and here's the thing. God never asked that question. God sits outside of time. Go keep your place there in 2 Peter 3. Go back to Psalm 90. This morning we're starting a brand new series on the subject of managing time. We're starting a series entitled Redeeming the Time. And we want to spend the next several weeks 
learning some biblical principles about managing our time and making the most or making the best of our time. And I want to give you this morning, I just want to give you several thoughts from this psalm on the idea of why. Why take the time? Why take the next few weeks to study time? Why consider time? Why look at biblical principles about time management? Why does it matter? Why take the time to learn it? And here's, here's the thing, and, and this is what Moses begins with. God is not bound by time. God is from everlasting to everlasting. One day with the Lord is as a thousand years. But here's the difference between you and God, uh, between me and God is this. Though he's not bound by time, you and I are. And God has given us many principles throughout Scripture. And this morning, I want to just lay the foundation. It's kind of an introductory sermon to this idea of redeeming the time. And especially, why? Why should we study or why should we care about time? Can you make, can you make your way back to Psalm 90? We won't be very long this morning, all right? Uh, it, it, it'll be a very brief sermon, and we'll get to the pizza. Psalm 90, I want you to notice verse number 9. Psalm 90 and verse number 9. Notice what the Bible says. For all our days. Moses just got done explaining to us that God is from everlasting to everlasting. Before the mountains were brought forth, before he had formed the earth, before he had formed the world, he was. A thousand years in thy sight are but as yesterday. There as a watch in the night. In the night. That's God. But then he says in verse 90, for all our days. He said, so we're not talking about God anymore. He says, for all our days are passed away in thy wrath. He says, all our days are passed away. We spend our years, our years as a tale that is told. Look at verse 10. The days of our years are threescore and ten. Now, who knows what a score is? A score is not when your team wins, all right, or whatever, makes a touchdown. A score is 20, right? Remember Abraham Lincoln, four score 20 years ago, uh, or four score, what did he say? Seven years ago. Um, but uh, the score is 20. So here when, when, when uh, Moses says the days of our years are three score, he's talking about 60 years and 10. He's saying our years, he's saying our lifespan on this earth is 70 years. And he says, and if by reason of strength, they be four score years. He says, maybe, maybe you're a little healthier and uh, maybe you took your vitamins and you uh, live to 80 years old. You know, and today we, we live maybe a little longer than that but because of our uh, health here in the United States. But here's what he's saying. Our, our years are three score uh, years and uh, uh, three score years and ten. He says, and if by reason of strength they be four score years, yet is their strength labor and sorrow, for it is soon cut off and we fly away. Here's what he's saying. And I, I, I want you to, to, you're there in Psalm, but go one book back to the book of Job, just real quickly. Job chapter number seven. So you're there in Psalm. Right before Psalm, you got Job. Job chapter 7, here's what he's saying, and here's the first thought that Moses gives us, and if you'd like to write this down, uh, if you don't have a child on your lap or a baby on your lap, maybe you can write these notes down. In your bulletin, on your chorus of the week, on the back, we have a place for you to write down some sermon notes. So if you'd like to write these statements down, I'd like you to write this down. Time is fleeting. Time is fleeting. And here's what we mean by that. It's brief. It's short. And we're running out of time. See, he says, our days are three score years and ten. He says, and if by reason of strength, they be four score years. He says, you're only going to live on this earth 70, maybe 80 years. You may live 90 years. You may live 100 years. But here's the thing. And if you think about it, that's not a long time. He says, time is fleeting. It's fleeing. It's running 
out and you're running out of time. Notice how Job said it. Job chapter 7 and verse 6 is right before Psalm. You got the book of Job. Job chapter 7 and verse 6. Notice what he says. He says, my days are swifter than a weaver's shuttle. He says, my days are swifter than a weaver's shuttle and are spent without hope. You're there in Job 7. Go to Job chapter 9. Look at verse number 25. Job chapter 9 and verse 25. Notice what Job says. He says, now my days are swifter than a post. He said, now my days are swifter than a post. They Notice the words he uses. They flee away. They see no good. He says, my days are swift. He said, my days are fleeing. He says, my days are spent. Because here's what Job understood, and here's what Moses understood, and here's what you understand, and here's what I understand. The older and older we get, we realize that we're running out of time. If you go back to 2 Peter, 2 Peter, now I don't want you in 2 Peter, but if you just go back to find 2 Peter and go back, go backwards into the book of James. So if you're at 2 Peter, you're going to go past 1 Peter into the book of James. James chapter 4. As you get older and as I get older, we become uh, very cognizant of the fact that we're running out of time. Isn't that true? And as we get older, as we get older, we seem to feel like time is going by faster. Isn't that true? When you were a child, you know, you were always waiting. You know, I can't wait till I'm eight years old because then mom will let me carry a knife, right, or whatever, you know, for boys, for camping or whatever, you know. I can't wait till I'm 12 years old because then I can stay up. I don't have to go to bed at 9. I can stay up till 10 or whatever it might be. I can't wait till I'm 16 years old because then I can get a license. And I can't wait till I'm 18 years old because then I can... I don't know, smoke, or no, no, that's not good, vote, or whatever. I can't wait till I'm 21. I don't know what you were doing when you were 21, but you, some of you just couldn't wait till you were 21, you know, and, and it seems like as a child, you're always waiting, you know. My children, for the last three weeks, every day, have been asking, how many days till Christmas? 21. Next morning, how many days till Christmas? 20. How many days? You asked this question already, son. <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, it, it seemed like it, it just would never come. You know, when will Christmas come? But as you get older, doesn't it seem like you're celebrating Christmas every other week? I mean, when you, as you get older, you realize, like, you think, like, man, it's Christmas time already? It's Thanksgiving already? I, I just paid off the credit card from last year. You know what I mean? Really? You know, and as you get older, it just seems like time is going fast. It feels like time is running out, and here's what you need to understand. Time is fleeting. You are, and I am, running out of time. Are you there in James? Look at chapter 4, look at verse 13. Notice what James said. James chapter 4 and verse 13, notice what he says. Go to now. Go to now. These are the procrastinators. Go to now, ye that say, today or tomorrow we will go into such a city and continue there a year and buy and sell and get gain. He said, what's wrong with that? Well, notice verse 14. Whereas you know not what shall be on the morrow. He says, you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. He said, if you're going to do something, you need to do it today. If you're going to do something, you need to do it right now. If you're going to accomplish something, you need to do it with the time that you have. Because you don't know what tomorrow holds. You don't know what will come tomorrow. He says, whereas ye know not what shall be on the morrow. And then he says this. He says, for what is your life? Now, look, I'm not trying to depress you on the first day of the year, and these are maybe, uh, could be a little bit depressing thoughts, but here's, here's what he says. What is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. 
He said, your, your, your life, he says, if you, you look at the steam coming off of a, of a pot of boiling water, he says, to God, that's what your life is. Because remember, God is from everlasting to everlasting. To God, a thousand years are as a watch in the night. To God, it's like, oh, that happened yesterday. And God looks down at my 70 years or your 70 years or your 80 years or my 80 years or our 90 years. He looks at that time and he says, your life, it's like a vapor. It appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth. Away. Because here's what he wants us to understand about time. You are running out of time. Time is fleeting. Time is fleeing. Time is running out. But then Moses gives us a second thought. Not only does he say we're running out of time, I want you to notice what else Moses tells us in Psalm 90. Go back to Psalm 90. Look at verse 10. Psalm 90 and verse 10. First, he explained to us that we're running out of time. But then he explains to us something similar but different, and I'll explain it in a minute. Psalm 90, look at verse 10. The days of our years are threescore and ten, and if by reason of strength they be fourscore years, yet is there strength, labor, and sorrow? Notice what he says. For it. For what? Time. Life. Because your life is time. Time is your life. He says, for it, notice, for it is soon cut off. He said, not only are you running out of time, but he said, one day you will run out of time. He said, not only are you running out of time, but one day you will have ran out of time. He says, it is soon cut off and we fly away. Now, he's talking to believers there, and that's talking to the fact that when you die, your soul will be caught away and you'll be taken up to heaven with God. Or maybe uh, in the rapture, you'll be raptured out. But he's saying, here's what he's saying. You're running out of time. Time is fleeting. But then he says this. If you're taking notes, not only does he say time is fleeting, but then he tells us this. Time is finite. Time is finite. Not only are we running out of time, but we will one day run out of time. Not only are we running out of time, but we will one day run out of time. If you kept your place there in James, I I don't know that I asked you to, but James 4.15, the Bible says this, for that ye ought to say, if the Lord will, we shall live and do this or that. Now, you may be asking yourself, well, Pastor Matt, we're running out of time, and one day we will run out of time. Aren't those the same idea? Aren't those the same concept? And here's what I want you to understand, okay? The danger, because no one disagrees. Everyone, everyone who's 18 or 28 or 38 or 48, everyone would disagree with the fact that we are running out of time. If I asked you, you know, how is your child rearing going? You might think, man, I, I am running out of time with these children. If, if I asked you of, of, of whatever it might be, ministry-related, work-related, career, all of us would agree with the fact that we're running out of time. Here's the danger of always thinking that we're running out of time. When we say to ourselves, I'm running out of time, I'm running out of time, the implication is that we always have some time. We're running out of it, but we always have some time. The danger with that thinking is that we don't see the end and we don't realize that we're not just going to always be running out of time. There will come a moment when we have ran out of time. The Bible says, as it is appointed unto men, once to die, but after this judgment. See, some of you are uh, maybe concerned about your children, and you're concerned about their spiritual walk, and you're not really seeing a lot of spiritual growth or a lot of spiritual uh, uh, maturity there, and you're telling yourself, I'm running out of time, I'm running out of time. But please, don't fall for the I'm running out of time line. Because some people aren't running out of time. They've ran out of time. It's done. 
There are some marriages that may be struggling and maybe a husband is concerned and saying things aren't going well with my wife or maybe a wife is concerned and saying things aren't going well with, with my husband and things are and, and we have this idea, I'm running out of time, I need to make things better. Maybe in 2017, I'm running out of time with my marriage. But listen to me, and I'm not trying to discourage you or depress you, some marriages don't aren't running out of time, they run out of time. We always think, you know, in our spiritual walk, in our spiritual life, I'm running out of time. And, you know, I can't this year, but maybe next year I'll read nine chapters a day. Or I won't this year, but maybe next year I'll read the Bible cover to cover. I won't this year, but maybe next year I'll give the gospel to someone. Or I'll go soul winning. Or I'll learn how to evangelize. I can't this year, but maybe next year I will start going to the Wednesday night service or the Sunday night service or Sunday afternoon service. I can't this year, but maybe next year I'll develop a prayer life. I can't this year. And here's what we always think. I'm running out of time, but I've got some time. But don't get fooled by that because you need to realize sometimes you're not running out of time. You've ran out of time. See, time is not only fleeting. It's also finite. On this earth, now if you're saved, we will live for eternity with God in heaven. But on this earth, time comes to an end. Notice what he says, Psalm 90 verse 10. For our days are our, our days, the days of our years are three score years and ten, and if by reason of strength they be four score years, yet is their strength labor and sorrow, for it is soon cut off. It is soon cut off, and we fly away. Look at verse uh, number three, Psalm 90. Notice what he says. Verse number three. He says, Thou turnest man to destruction, and sayest, return, ye children of man. See, there's a, there comes a time in your life and in my life when God will say, return. When God will destroy you. If you're not saved, that'll be hell. If you are saved, this body, this corruptible, might, be put, might die, and it might get buried, and one day God will resurrect it. But there comes a time where your time runs out. So don't fall for this, I'm running out of time. Because sometimes we just keep putting it off and putting it off and putting it off. And I, know, I realize I'm running out of time. But the implication is I've got a little bit of time. And sometimes, sometimes you wake up and you realize with my 18-year-old or with my spouse or with my finances or with my health, I'm not running out of time. I've ran out of time. I'm not running out of time. I've ran out of time. So here's what Moses said. He said, number one, time is fleeting. He said, number two, time is finite. But I want you to notice the third statement he makes. If you look down at Psalm 90 and verse 10. Psalm 90, I'm sorry, not, not Psalm 90 and verse 10. Look down at Psalm 90 and verse 9. I want you to notice what he says in verse 9. Psalm 90 and verse 9. For all our days are passed away in thy wrath. Now I want you to notice the, the next four words. Let's read those together, all right? Uh, the next four words. For all our days are passed in thy wrath. Let's read them together. The next four words. We spend our years. Do you see that? Let's read it one more time. We spend our years as a tale that is told. See, not only did Moses say time is fleeting, not only did Moses say time is finite, but Moses also said this, time can be focused. See, the thing about time is this, you're running out of it, I'm running out of it, and one day we will have ran out of it. But here's the encouraging thought. We can make the best of our time. See, no one decides how you spend your time but you. 
And see, the question that our culture is often so focused on, the reason we keep looking at our watch and looking at our phone and looking at our calendar and looking at our planner, the reason that you have all these schedules and all these alerts, the reason, and I'm not against any of that. I'm all for that. I'm, I'm, I think it's great to be organized. I think it's great. But the reason you have all of those things set up to help you keep track, to help you uh, understand, you've got a calendar for the homeschool group and you've got a calendar for this and you've got a calendar for that and all of that is great. The question that we keep asking ourselves is what time is it? What time is it? But I would submit to you this morning that a better question to ask is not what time is it, but what am I doing with my time? See, the question we need to stop asking is not what time is it, but what am I doing with my time? Because, see, we spend our years. We decide what we do with our time. And the question to ask is, what am I doing with our time? I look, look, look down at verse number 12. In verse 12, Moses makes this statement, and it's really a prayer. It's a desire. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a, he's asking God. He says this. He says, so teach us. He says, so teach us to number our days. He says, so teach us to number our days. Here's what Moses is trying to teach us through this song. He says, when we realize that time is fleeting, that we're running out of time, when we realize that time is finite, that one day I'm not, I will no longer be running out of time, but I will have ran out of time. When we realize that time can be focused, I choose how I can spend it. I choose what to do with it. When we realize those things, then the outflow of those ideas, the outflow of those thoughts, the way we ought to respond to God, our Heavenly Father, is by asking this question, teach us to number our days, that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. See, the phrase, teach us to number our days, here's what he's saying, realize that your days are numbered. Realize that you've only been given a certain amount of days on this earth, and you're running out of them, and one day you'll have ran out of them, and you better figure out how you're going to use that time. Say, Pastor Ben, why would you spend the, the next several weeks talking about time management, biblical principles for managing our time, or biblical principles for making the best of our time? Here's why. Because when you realize, when you realize, and here's the application, and if you've not written anything down, just write down this thought, write down this idea. This is the whole point of the sermon. When we live, when we live with the realization that we are running out of time, we will make better decisions with our time. When we live with the realization that we're running out of time, we will make better decisions with our time. See, in the Bible, there's this correlation between redeeming the time, seeing value in time. See, time is valuable. You ever heard the statement, time is money? It's true. Time is valuable. There's value to time. You say, why is time valuable? Because it's limited. Anything that you don't have a lot of goes up in value. The reason that gold is so expensive because there's not a lot of it. The reason that diamonds are so expensive because there's not a lot of them. And the reason that time is so valuable is because you don't have a lot of it. And in the Bible, there's this correlation between realizing that time is limited, realizing that time is brief, realizing that time is valuable, and wisdom. I want you to notice it. Are you, are you there in Psalm 90? Look at verse 12. He says, so teach us to number our days that we may our apply our hearts unto, notice this word, wisdom. Do you see that? He says, so teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. There's a correlation in the Bible. Let me show it to you. Go to the book of Ephesians. Ephesians chapter number 5. In the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans, 
First and Second Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 5, it's 1224, just in case you're wondering. Ephesians chapter 5, look at verse 15. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans, 1st, 2nd Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 5, look at verse 12. I'm sorry, Ephesians 5, look at verse 15. Ephesians 5, look at verse 15. Seeing then that ye walk circumspectly, we'll talk about that next week. He says, see then that ye walk circumspectly. Notice what he says, not as what? Not as, let's say it together, fools. Not as fools. Let's say it together, not as fools, but as what? Wise. You see that? Now notice, see then that ye walk circumspectly, not as, oh, come on, I know it's a new year, but let's, not as, but as, now notice what he says, redeeming the what? See, when you see the value in time, when you live your life realizing that there's value to time, when you live your life realizing that you're running out of time, you will make better decisions with your time. He says, see then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. There is a correlation between wisdom and time management, wisdom and seeing the value in time, wisdom and seeing the limited amount of time that you have. Let me give you another example. Go to Colossians chapter 4. You're there in Ephesians. Go, the next book over is Philippians, then Colossians. Colossians chapter number 4. We're almost done. I told you we're not going to spend a lot of time today. Colossians uh, chapter number uh, 4. Look at verse 5. Now, while you turn there, I, I, I'm going to have the ushers go through. Uh, guys, if you can help me out. We have something we want to hand out to everyone in the service this morning. They're going to hand it to you, but while, you, while they're doing that, let, let's go ahead and get those, get those going, guys. Appreciate it. want to give one to every, uh, every family, or if we have enough, every adult can get one. Make sure that the children don't get one. At least every family. But they're going to hand those out to you while you go to Colossians chapter 4. Go to Colossians chapter 4, look at verse 5, all right? While they're handing those out, Colossians 4, look at verse 5. Notice what the Bible says. Walk in what? Wisdom. Let's say it again. Walk in wisdom. Walk in, let's say it together, wisdom toward them that are without redeeming the? Redeeming the what? See, there's a correlation between redeeming the time and wisdom. In Colossians 4, 5, he says, Walk in wisdom toward them that are without, redeeming the time. In Ephesians 5, he said, See then that ye walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time. Moses said, So teach us, so teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. What is the correlation between time management and wisdom? Here's the correlation. When we live with the realization that we are running out of time, we will make better decisions with our time. When we live with the realization that we're running out of time, we will make better decisions with our time. Can you make your way back to Psalm 90? Look at verse 9. Psalm 90, verse 9. I want, you to show you one, want to show you one more thing and we're done. Psalm 90, look at verse 9. Psalm 90 and verse 9. Notice what the Bible says. For all our days, for all our days are passed away in thy wrath. We spend our years. You get to decide how you spend your years. Notice what he says. We spend our years. Notice this phrase. If you don't mind underlining your Bible, you ought to underline this phrase. We spend our years as a tale that is told. We spend our years as a tale that is told. You are writing the story of your life right now. You are writing the story of your life. 
Your spouse has a story of your life that you are writing. Your children will have a story of your life that you are writing. People you work with, the people you go to church with, the people that are your friends, your neighbors, whatever it may be, people that are in our circle of influence, in our circle of life, we are writing a story of our life. And here you say, well, how do I write the story? It's all based on this. How do you spend your time? See, you make decisions every day. You make decisions every day on how to spend your time, what you will do with your time. What will I today do with my time? And based on those decisions, you are writing a story. Based on those decisions, you are telling a tale. Based on your decisions, and listen to me, listen to me very carefully. Some of you are writing a story, and you don't intend to, and you don't want to, and you won't be glad that you will, but some of you are writing a story that if we were to go to your adult children, if we were to go to your 30-year-old son, who's right now four, your 30-year-old son, who's right now eight, if we were to go to your 30-year-old daughter, who's right now 12, or your 30-year-old daughter, who's right now 15, if we were to go to your 40-year-old children, who are right now newborns, whatever it may be, and we were to ask them, and we were to ask them, how was your dad? How was your mom? They're not around. They're not going to hear. Tell us the story of your parents. Some of them might say, well, dad was just never around a lot. He made a lot of money, but I wasn't really interested in that. I would have rather he worked less hours and spent time with us. So, so, some of you are writing a story. You say, you know, mom was just always interested in other things. She was a good mom, and she fed us, and she, uh, you know, put a roof over our head. And, I mean, she took as much care of us as the, you know, state penitentiary takes care of people in jail. We got clothes and three square meals a day. But she was always interested in other things. She was, most focus- she was more focused on Facebook than us. She was more focused on TV than us. More. See, some of you are writing a story. Some of you are writing a story with the way you, 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 you manage your time. We have people that will leave our church and they'll say, they'll say, I just felt like I didn't connect with anybody. Nobody in that church was friendly. Nobody in that church became my friend. And I, I always think it's funny because I look at those people and I think to myself, you, you showed up two minutes after the service started. You left immediately after the service ended. You never came to any other, you know, events. You didn't come to the New Year's Eve service or the harvest party. You didn't, you know, do this and you didn't do that. And then you wonder why nobody, you, you, you didn't feel connected. And, and you think, well, I just, I have this storyline. I have this story. I don't have any friends. I have this story. I don't have anybody I connect with. But you are writing that story based on how you spend your time. Your life is being written. And you're making those decisions. And you are deciding. You are deciding. Some of you, some of you will have children that will say, mom was a good mom. We went to church with mom. She was great. But you know what? She just wasn't that spiritual. Dad was a good dad. But you know what? He just wasn't that spiritual. Some of you are writing a story that says, oh, I remember when mom and dad were really into religion. Remember those two? I almost fell off this thing, didn't I? Remember those two or three years that mom and dad, I mean, they were at church three times a week, and they were soul winning, but, you know, they, they got out of that. That's a story you're writing. It was just a phase. Some of you say, some, some of you have family that says of you and your church attendance and you and, you know, this thing that you're doing at Verity, they'll say, it's a phase, it'll pass. And you know what's sad about that is that they're probably right. Because you were intrigued for a while. But now you're choosing to spend your time on different things in different ways. And you're slowly writing a story of your life. And it's all based on this. How do you spend? How do you spend your time?
See, you're, we spend our years as a tale that is told. So with all that in mind, we ought to ask this question. We ought to live our lives with this idea. Teach us, Lord, teach us to number our days. You already, you're already here the first Sunday of the week. I'm proud of you. Good job. I want to challenge you to be with us over the next several weeks as we study this idea of time in the Bible, as we look at principles of time and how to manage our time and how to spend our time, that you might be able to get to the end of your life and say, I was glad with how I spent my life. One of the biggest struggles I have as a pastor is I spend time all week long writing sermons and thinking about sermons and praying and studying. And one of my biggest concerns is that I'll preach a sermon and people will walk out the door and by the time they get to their car, they'll look at their watch and say, oh, it's lunchtime. And they've already forgotten what the sermon was about. And they don't remember it. I want to try to help you remember this. That's why we handed you these little magnets. I know they're not much, but I want to just give you these little magnets. I I want you to do something with this magnet. I want you to put it somewhere where you will see it. Every day. Now, it's a magnet, so you can put it on your refrigerator, because guess what? Some of you see your refrigerator multiple times a day, right? (laughs) I mean, you should at least see it three times a day. Some of you see it like ten times a day, which is fine. It's fine. You know, maybe you don't want to put it on the refrigerator. Maybe you want to use it as a bookmark and put it in your Bible. Maybe you want to glue it onto the dashboard of your car. Maybe, I don't know, maybe you just want to stick it by your mirror or something. But I want you to put this little magnet somewhere that you will see it, because here's what it says. So teach us to number our days, Psalm 90 and verse 12, because we're running out of time. So teach us to number our days, because we're running out of time. So teach us to number our days, because we're running out of time. Because here's what I believe. Here's what I believe. When we live with the realization that we're running out of time, we will make better decisions with our time. When you live with the realization that I'm running out of time, you will be a better husband, you will be a better wife, You will be a better mother. You will be a better father. You will be a better church member. I will be a better pastor. You will be a better employee. You will do better. You will make better decisions. You will not waste your time when you live realizing that you're running out of time. Now, you kids, teenagers, young people, you may not feel like you're running out of time. But let me tell you, you are running out of time. One day you will wake up. And you will look around, and you will look in a mirror, and you will ask yourself, what happened? I didn't used to look like this. <laughs> you, you, you're, I mean, you're going to just say, what, what happened with my time? Young people, it's very important that you serve the Lord with your youth, that you serve the Lord with the strength of your youth, that you don't fall into this, well, I'm running out of time, but I always have some time. Sometimes you run out of time. And the prayer, the prayer for the next several weeks as we begin this new year, the prayer for the next several weeks that we all ought to have, the prayer that maybe you can put somewhere and see it every day and be reminded every day and pray this to God and ask God, Lord, will you teach me today? Will you teach me today to number our days, to realize that I've got a limited amount of days and I need to make wise decisions with us. So teach us to number our days. Why? Because we're running out of time. Let's bow our heads. Heavenly Father. Lord, I know this is a simple concept in Scripture. It's not difficult to grasp. Every one of us in this room, if you're any age at all, realize that we're running out of time. But Lord, what I think we sometimes forget to realize is that not only are we running out of time, one day I will have ran out of time. 
because of that, time is valuable. Because of that, I need to redeem it. Because of that, I need to make sure I use it properly. Lord, I pray that there would be people in this room that would decide today, they would decide today, in 2017, I will manage my time properly, or maybe better said, I will manage myself properly within the time that I have. Lord, I pray that there would be people in this room that would decide, I'm going to be there for every sermon on the subject of redeeming the time because I don't want to waste my time. I want to invest my time. I want to spend it properly. Lord, help us to realize that we're running out of time. Lord, help us to pray. So teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. Help us to be people that use our time properly, that see the value to it, and that don't waste or spend it. Thank you, Lord, for a new year. Thank you for allowing us to be able to put an end to last year and begin fresh this year. Your mercies are new every day. Great is thy faithfulness. Thank you, Father. In your precious name, I pray. Amen.